We are in Luke chapter 16, Luke chapter 16. And I know some of you all came to hear Father's Day message, but unfortunately, um, I am in a series, and the series is called Two Options, okay? Um, so we, today is no Father's Day message, but you're going to hear a message, amen? And it's probably this message that you need to hear, amen? So we're definitely going to be here in Luke chapter 16. Um, it is a long narrative in 16, chapter 19, I mean, chapter 16, verses 19 through 31. I'm going to read the whole narrative, and we're going to preach out of the, that entire narrative um, here in Luke chapter 16, verse 19 through 31. Thank you, Sister Deborah, who is on Facebook for watching in, um, Nay as well, and all those uh, that are on um, Zoom and on our website, and Sister Ann Carr, who's on um, our YouTube page. Thank you all for those who are tuning in as well. And all our visitors, we welcome you um, and definitely for that. Um, we're in Luke chapter 19, I mean 16, verses 19 through 31. Luke chapter 16, verse uh, 19 through 31, and that is in the New Testament. Matthew, Mark, and Luke is the gospel, the synoptic gospel of Luke in um, the New Testament and Luke chapter 16, verse 19 through 31. Father God, have your way. Let us hear your word that we not be sermon evaluators, but sermon applicators, that we walk away from this worship different than what we came into. Thank you for your word, Lord God, that you have placed in us, that we may hear, Lord God, believe in and trust. And if someone in here don't know you as their Lord and Savior, bring them to that knowledge through the power of the Holy Spirit that reveal unto them your presence. Lord God, and for those who already know you, let this word encourage us to keep going forward in this Christian walk. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. We're in Luke chapter 16, Luke chapter 16, verses 19 through 31. Luke chapter 16, verses 19 through 31. And it says, there was a certain rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day but there was a certain beggar named Lazarus full of sores who was laid at the gate desiring to be fed with crumbs which fell from the rich man's table moreover the dogs came and licked his sores so it was the beggar so it was that the beggar died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom the rich man also died and was buried. And being in torment in Hades, he lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. Then he cried out, this is the rich man, cried out and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me I, and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, son, remember that in your life, you receive your good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted, and you are tormented. And besides all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed, he affixed, so that those who went, um, I mean, who uh, wait to pass from here, uh, want to pass from here to you cannot, nor can those who there from there pass to us. Then he said, I beg you, therefore, Father, that you will send him to my brother's house, my father's house. 
for I have five brothers that I have five brothers that he may testify to them lest they also come to this place of torment. And Abraham said to him, they have Moses and they have prophets and Pastor Pew and other preachers. Let them hear them. And he said, no, Father Abraham, but if one goes to them from the dead, they will repent. But he said to him, if they do not hear Moses and hear the prophets and Pastor Pew and other preachers, neither will they be persuaded through one who risen from the dead. Amen, amen, amen. I know Pastor Pew's name and other preachers not in there, but I just had to add that to make it be more relevant to today. Amen. On this um, morning, as we continue with our, uh, our, our series, um, Two Options, a couple of weeks ago, we looked at Luke chapter, I mean, John chapter 3, verse 36. And in uh, John chapter 3, verse, 30, uh, verse 36, uh, we were seeing that Jesus has given us two options. He has given the option of heaven and the option of hell. He's given us the option of eternal life with God or the option of eternal life in condemnation. He, he told us in these options that you can either believe in Jesus Christ or you can reject Jesus Christ. He, he lays out for us two options in this John 36, uh, John chapter 3, verse 36. But then on last week, we, we, we moved from the two options that was found in John chapter 3, verse 36, and we found ourselves in Revelation. Revelation chapter 21, verse two, 1 through 4, and we looked at the first option, which was the option of heaven. And I preached from the title that better days is coming. And we looked at the, uh, the, 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 the ambiance and the place of heaven of where those who trust in Jesus Christ would dwell and go as he laid out for us uh, a glimpse of what heaven would look like. But now today, as we come to the third part of this series, uh, the two options, we look at the reality of hell. He lays out for us that there are two options. There's heaven and there's heaven, uh, hell. He says that there's eternal life with God for eternity and there's eternal condemnation in hell for those who reject. He told us that you can believe or you can reject. Those were the options. And now we look at the second option, which is the reality of hell. As a matter of fact, I want to uh, preach from that topic today, today, the reality of hell. The reality of hell. God has never designed or God did not create hell for man to go. According to uh, Mark chapter, I mean Matthew chapter 25 and verse 41. Let's let's turn to that and and Matthew 25 verse 41. Matthew 25, just a few books over um, to the beginning of the New Testament and, and the Gospel of Matthew. Matthew 25 verse 41. It says this. Then he will also say to those on the left hand, "Depart from me, you you cursed into everlasting." fire prepared for the devil and his angels. He says that, that, that here in Matthew, Matthew states to us that the hell was never created for man. 
It, it was never created for, for mankind to go. But with these two options, he says you either can believe in Jesus Christ will give you eternal life in heaven, or you can reject Jesus Christ will give you eternal life in hell. And here, as we look at the reality of hell, I want to make this statement that the hell was never created for man because we hear people all the time, if God is so sovereign, if God is this, and God is supposed to love us, and God supposed to care about us, why do we send man to hell? God don't send you to hell. You send yourself by your response to the options. It says that the two options is, is heaven and hell, and now we look at the reality of hell. There are so many skeptics that don't even believe in hell. They don't believe in heaven nor hell. Matter of fact, they, 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 they think it's made up. They, they look at hell as an imagery. They, 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 they don't believe that the word of, what the word of God talks about a literal place as hell. And we have people from the pulpit that are, that are teaching this. And, and he lays out for us here in this, in this uh, narrative, some believe it's a parable, which means an earthly uh, story with heavenly meanings. And some don't believe it's a parable. And the reason why they don't believe it's a parable, they believe it's an actual story, is because parables usually don't give a name in the story. And this story gives a name. It gives a name for, the, for the, uh, the poor man named Lazarus. So they don't believe that this is a parable, which is a earthly story with a heavenly meaning, but they believe it's a true narrative that Jesus speaks because it's in the red language, I mean the red writing, that it's an actual story that Jesus speaks because he gives the, uh, the poor man a, a name called Lazarus. So here in this story, some may see as we, we read through it, and, and I just got to give you the, 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 the background of this. this. This man, Lazarus, who was the beggar, who was the poor man, he does not go to heaven because he's poor. This rich man who, who's in the text that's only known as a rich man, he does not go to hell because he's rich. Because some people teach that, that, that this rich man went to hell because he's rich. It had nothing to do with what the wealth he had and the, and the comfort he had here on earth. And it has nothing to do with Lazarus being poor that he go to heaven. It has nothing to do with that. It all has, has everything to do with the two options that was laid before them and the decisions that they made. And we'll show that in the text because remember, whatever we preach, we got to speak from the text that give evidence of the doctrine which we believe. And he says here in this reality of hell, and I want to look at, some, at this story and, and pull out some realities of hell. The first thing we see here as a reality of hell found in chapter 19, I mean, uh, chapter 6, Luke chapter 16, verse 19 through 23. The first reality I want to put out is that hell is a literal place. Look in verse 19 through 23. Read that with me. He says, it, uh, he says right here in verse 19 through 23, 23, there was a certain rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. But there was a certain beggar named Lazarus full of sores who were laid at his gate, desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. So it was that the beggar uh, died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And being in torment in Haiti, he lifted up his eyes and saw 
Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. The first thing we see in this reality of, of hell is we see that hell is a literal place. We, we see that the hell is a literal place. It says that the rich man, watch this, the, the rich man died and was buried and went into torment. Okay, it went into torment. He used the word Haiti. Look what he said. He said Haiti, the word Haiti and shallow, which is S with Shiloh, which is S H E O L, is also a word known for what we use as hell. So when we see Hades and Shiloh in the scripture, there's another definition, another word for just hell uh, that you and I say. So he says, Hades and Shiloh and Shiloh that you will uh, was seen. I mean, that you will see in the Bible is used for hell. And he says, Hades, watch this, means a state or abode of death, which is a place of gloom and deep darkness. So he says that this man was in Hades. This, this man was in hell, which is a place of death, which is gloomy and darkness. And he says that hell is a literal place. This man said he looked up and he was in Hades. He, he was in hell. He, he looked up and he was in hell. There, there, like I said earlier, there are some skeptics that teach that hell is not a real place. But here in this text, it tells us that hell is actually a literal place. It's not an imagery. It's not something that, that, that's made up. It's not a space that, 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 that is, is, is out of mind, I mean, out of sight, out of mind. No, it's a literal place that God has designed. And we see it throughout a scripture. As a matter of fact, hell is spoken of in the scripture uh, less than, um, um, uh, uh, more than heaven. So this is a, a literal place. This, this is a place that, that God had designed for, for, for Satan and his demons to go. But because people reject Jesus Christ, they go to hell. This is a literal place. This man died and he was buried. And that's so interesting because the, 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 the homeless man, watch this, he died and it just said he died. But the rich man, he died and he was buried. He, he was buried. He, he had a nice funeral because he had some money. He had people around him who was crying and had flowers. But when Lazarus died, the, the homeless man, he had no one around him. And he says when he died, he woke up in heaven. But when the rich man died, he woke up in hell. Because hell is a literal place. It's, it's a literal place. I was, I was uh, reading uh, uh, in the Times Magazine in 2020, they, they, they was talking about hell and heaven. Is it a literal place? And it says that 58% of Christians don't believe in hell. 58% of people who surrender their life to Jesus Christ don't believe hell is a literal place. And the scripture is definitely clear. There's no gray areas in this. That hell is a literal place. Hell is a fate that awaits all people who reject Jesus Christ. Hell is a literal place. And this rich man woke up in hell because it's literal. It's a real place. And we see it here in this narrative. But there's another reality that we see about hell here. It says that in verse 23 through 24, it tells us that hell is painful. Look what it says in verse 23c. We're going to be in 20, uh, verse 23c, but I'll read it all. 
just so we can, in verse 23 and 24, it said, And being in torment in Hades, he lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. Look at verse 24. Then he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and, and cool my tongue for I am tormented in this flame. So not only is hell a literal place, but it also is a place, a place of pain. Twice in this verse, in 23 and 25, he used the word torment. Twice he used the word torment. And the word torment means severe pain associated with torture and express in, I mean, an expression of severe suffering. This man say, hey, I'm in severe suffering down here in this literal place called hell. Hell is not only literal, it's a, it's a place of pain. It's a place of suffering. For those who, who go to hell, they suffer. And watch this. It happens immediately after he dies. Immediately. He said the man died and he was buried. And next thing you know, he's in hell. So you asking where, where my loved one go? If they don't know Jesus Christ, they in hell right then and there. And he was tormented and in pain. And we see in the scripture throughout the Bible, we see in throughout the Bible that there, that, that, um, there are different conditions in hell. That not only flames in hell, but there are other conditions in hell that bring pain. Watch this. There's everlasting burning in hell. Mark chapter 9, verse 43, tells us that there will be a time where in hell where the, the fire will never be quenched. That it's a continuing burning. Flames will continue to burn and it will never come to an end. That's what Mark chapter 9 verse 43 tells us. That, that this, let's turn to that. Let's turn to Mark right on over. You got Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Let's turn right over to chapter 9 verse 43 because some of y'all looking at me funny. And I'm just trying to educate us that this is a real place, that this is the reality of hell. And in and, 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 uh, Mark chapter 9, verse 43, right on over, Mark chapter 9, verse 43, look what he says. He says, if your hand calls you to sin, watch this, cut it off. It is better for you to enter into life maimed rather than having two hands to go to hell. Into the fire that shall never be what? quenched and then let's go a little further because i'm gonna get there too where there will be worms that does not die and the flames is not quenched he says here in the text that this is in a condition that will be in hell that this is one of the pains in hell that you will burn forever that the flame will never be quenched that the flame will will never go out now, me and my wife at our home, we have a wood-burning fireplace, and we, we, we light it up every, uh, every uh, after, I mean, every, um, in the wintertime, um, a couple of times a week, not often, but we light it up, and, and, and the more we put, uh, 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 um, the more we put um, um, wood on it, the, the, the more it burns, and the longer it lasts. But if we stop putting wood on it, it'll go out. But in hell, it ain't no wood. It's going to continue to burn. Over and 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 without quenching. It's going to continue to be burning. 
said this is the condition of hell. He says that it's going to be everlasting fire. But then another condition it says it's going to be everlasting darkness. Matthew chapter 8 verses 12. Let's turn to that. Matthew chapter 8 verses 12. Right over to the New Testament. We write back. Um, Matthew is the first book of the gospel. Verse 12. Matthew chapter 12 verse 8. It says that but this son, uh, it says in Matthew chapter 8, verse 12, it says, um, but the sons of the kingdom will be cast out into outer darkness, and there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Hell is not only going to be burning, not only the place of pain, but it's also going to be darkness. And watch this. It's amazing to me as I, was, as I was doing my studies for this. How can it be dark and you got flames there? Because all the flame we see bring what? Light. So, but what it's saying is that it's going to be flames, but it won't be no light because God won't be there. Because God is light. So wherever God is removed, there is no light. So in hell, God is not there with you. God is not suffering with you because he can't endure hell because he's God and he is light. So you down there without God and you in there with the devil because all he is is darkness. That's why you shouldn't follow the devil because he's nothing but dark. That's why we have dark times in our life because we sitting there listening to the devil and following what he say do, but we should be following God who is the light. And he says when you get to hell, guess what? It's going to be darkness. Utter darkness. Said so this is the conditions of hell. This is, this is the pain of hell, but it don't stop there. It says also it will be everlasting gnashing and weeping. I mean, gnashing of teeth and weeping. And we just read that. It'd be gnashing of teeth. Gnashing of teeth when, when you grit your teeth. You biting down, watch this, to, to try to find some relief from the suffering that you feel. That, that's what's going to happen. Y'all, anybody look at Westerns? Okay, I got one person back there. Look at Western. Oh, got good one. Okay, uh, y'all don't look at Western on this side. Nobody on this side. Cuddy raised his hand last. I don't know about that one, but he said, "Okay." So, but 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 look, remember the Western when when somebody gets shot and they and they try to do surgery. Well, the first thing they do is give them the liquor so they can drink it, and then they put a they put a, a rag in their mouth, and they put the rag in their mouth because they're gonna go in there and try to get the bullet out. So the rag will help to take the pain away. So they bite down on a rag to try to relieve, uh, relieve the pain that they're going to endure trying to get the bullet out because they ain't had anesthesia back then. They, they couldn't put them to sleep. They ain't had no numbing stuff to, to numb the wounds. So they, they bite down on the rag. So this is the same thing. Because of the pain, they're going to be biting down on their teeth trying to relieve the pain that they will feel in hell. So it's gnashing of teeth. And then he says, not only that, it'd be weeping. So imagine you are burning, watch this, all your entire eternal life. How long is eternity? Forever. You're going to be burning forever. And guess what? Now you burn it forever. It's dark. And now you grinding your teeth and welling at the same time. And well is a crying, loud noise of suffering. Ah! And it's going to be dark. So that means you're going to be walking into people who hollering and yelling and all you trying to, all it's doing is burning up. This is the condition of hell. It's a literal place. And it's no joke. And he says, not only that, 
that hell is everlasting gnashing of teeth and weeping, but he said that hell is everlasting hot. It's going to be hot there. We complain about 90 degree weather. Something like Arizona. I don't know how he go to Arizona and don't come back darker than me. It's hot there. And you think we seen some heat yet? Look at this man. This man, now we back in the text. Watch this. Look at this man in, in Luke chapter 16, verse 24. Look what he says. He says, then he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and uh, dip it in water and cool my tongue. This man was in so much torment, so much heat there, that he said even a little drop of water, just a tip, would be satisfied. Just a tip. He asked for a cup of water. He asked for just, just a drip, just a little tip to, to satisfy what he's enduring, the pain and the condition that he's enduring. But there's so much in this text that I want to look at. Because one, I, I know he was rich on earth, and he had, and being rich at this time, he has little wealth and he has servants, but he in hell trying to still rule somebody. Do y'all see this in the text? He said, Abraham, send Lazarus. Because what was Lazarus in the text? He was homeless. He was poor. So he thought Lazarus was his servant in hell, who Lazarus is in heaven. This is a whole nother story, a whole nother sermon, but I, I just got to look at it. Huh? And he, he sends him. He in hell still giving orders. Said, go send Lazarus to tip some water and bring it to put it on my tongue so I can have some satisfaction. No, hell, there ain't no satisfaction. You're going to burn, it's going to be hot, and it's going to be hot, and it's going to be hot, and it's going to burn. It's going to be dark and gnashing of teeth and weeping and dark and painful. It's clear. It's clear. And then the next thing. In this condition of hell, as we look at hell, it's, it's painful. We see it's going to be everlasting awareness. You're going to be conscious. When you die, you, you, you're still going to know what's going on in the place that you arrive at. You're going to be aware. You're going to be conscious. Look what he says. He says that the man said, look. The man, it says in verse 24, and then he cried and said to the father, have mercy on me and send Lazarus to dip his finger in the water to cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. This man was conscious of his place that he was at. He was conscious of hell. He didn't get booped upside the head and fell out and just don't know where he at. No. He knows. And guess what? Not only that, later on in the text, when he says, hey, can you send Lazarus to tell my brother and them? He conscious of the decision that he did make while he was living. He's conscious. He's aware of his situation. People say, oh, I go to hell. I won't know it. I'll be dead anyway. Oh, that's not true. That's not true. I won't know. I'll be there. Oh, let's look at Luke chapter 16. Let me bring you to some, some doctrine. Oh, it tells you right here. You're going to be conscious. You're going to be very aware of what's going on. You're going to be that God, I should have made that decision. And they're going to say, too late, boo. 
too late. He's conscious. He said, hey, can Lazarus get me some help? Can he help me? He's conscious of his decision. So in this reality of, of hell, we see that hell is, uh, in this reality of hell, we see that hell is a literal place. In this reality of hell, we see that hell is painful and we see the different conditions. And then the third thing we see here in this reality of hell is that hell is everlasting, is eternal. Look what he says in verse 25 and 26. He says, but Abraham says, son, remember that in your life, in your lifetime, you receive your good things. And like, I mean, good things. And likewise, Lazarus, evil things. But now he is comfort and comfort and you are tormented. And besides all this, between you and, I mean, between us and you, there is a great fixed gulf so that those who want to pass from here to you cannot, nor can those from there pass to us. So he says, look, you got to know in the reality of hell, it's everlasting. It ain't no end time. It ain't no expiration date. I know when y'all go to your grocery stores and stuff and y'all pick up the canned food and all the other stuff and y'all look, when is this expired? And it gives you the date that, that it expired. In hell, it ain't no date. In eternity, it ain't no expiration date. You in heaven forever like you in hell forever. It, 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 it'll never come to an end. It's eternal. And this is the decision you made when you was here on earth to reject Jesus Christ. This is the decision that you made that you came up with after Pastor Pre, Pastor Pre, uh, I can't even remember my name, after pass it and preach the word of God Sunday after Sunday. And you made the conscious decision that you don't want to follow Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You want to do your own thing. He said, you got to understand that this is an eternal place. Hell is forever. It's a forever place. It ain't no time out. Little kids, it ain't no time out. It ain't no break. It ain't no intermission. It's forever. It's an internal place. It's an everlasting place. It is forever. He says it's impossible for me to help you. You made a decision here on earth. And remember, like I said, he didn't go to heaven. I mean, he didn't go to hell because he's rich. And Lazarus did not go to he uh, heaven because he was poor. Look what the man says. Let's, let's, let, me, let me show you that. Look what he says in verse number... Um, um, and, um, verse, number, verse number 30. Look what the man said. He says, and he said, No, Father Abraham, but if one goes to them from the dead, they will what? repent so he knew the reason why i'm in here because i didn't repent he knew the what the gospel was was told to him and he knew that you had to surrender your life to god and he knew this and he didn't repent and now he's trying to go fix his brothers to get repent repentance he knew it so all that stuff you believe in what the catholic says is purgatory and all that ain't no purgatory it's heaven or hell 
Can't nobody pray you out or pray you in or pay you in or serve you in or serve you out. Once you make your decision here to reject Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, believing that he is God and that he died on a cross for your sins and my sins and shed his blood on Calvary Cross. Guess what? You have made your decision. And once you die, it's over. That's it. That's it. And it's eternal. It's for the rest of your eternal lives. This, this is what it is. He says, in this reality of hell, says that it's literal. Said that it's painful, and we looked at the condition. He says that it's everlasting. Verse 25 through 26. And verse 27 through 31, he says that hell is avoidable. You can avoid hell. In verses 27 through 26, look what he says. In verse 27, he says, then he said, I beg you therefore, Father, that you will sin, watch this, that you will send, um, that you will send him to my father's house. For I have five brothers that he may testify to them lest they also come to this place of torment. And Abraham said to him, they have Moses and they have prophets and let them hear them. And he said, no father Abraham, but if one goes to them from the dead, they will repent. But he said to them, to him, if they do not hear Moses or hear the prophet, neither will they hear, uh, neither will they um, be persuaded through one who have risen from the dead. He said, if they won't hear Moses and the prophet, you think they're going to listen to someone dead? He says that you've got to understand in this reality of hell that hell is avoidable. You can avoid hell. You don't have to go to hell like I started off with. This is a place that God created for the demons and, and, and Satan, not for man. It's avoidable. He says, look, he says, Abraham, can you go? Can you send Lazarus? He's still making requests because he got a little bit of money. His money don't matter now. His name don't matter now. Who you are don't matter. It's what you've done with the decision that you made here on earth. And he says, can you send him to go tell my five brothers at my father's house? He says, Abraham, can you send Lazarus? the dead man, to go evangelize to my brothers in them. To my brothers in them. So let me help you understand something for my super spiritual people. Dead people don't come back and tell you about Jesus. So I'll let you talk about my dead cousin told me to go surrender to God. No, it wasn't that. It was the Holy Spirit telling you to go there. Stop. Dead people ain't coming back telling you nothing. I know you want to hear that for comfort. That It ain't happening. It ain't happening. And he says like this. He says, here it is. They got Moses and they got the prophet. They got Pastor Pew every Sunday at Clinton Baptist Church preaching it. They got Pastor Tucker, Pastor Reason, Pastor Charles telling y'all about Jesus Christ. He said, if you ain't going to hear them, you ain't going to hear no dead man. Matter of fact, because a dead man come talking to me, I don't want to hear nothing. I'm up out of them. I don't want to hear nothing. I ain't seen nothing. I'm down. I'm running. Do I got any witnesses. 
I'm getting up. I don't want to hear nothing that he or she got to say. I'm out of there. I'm gone. Because I know I don't smoke or drink, so I'm not high or drunk. Something wrong here. I got to get up before I'm getting far away from them jokers. Once dead people come talking to me about God, I'm out of here. He says, look, that they have Moses and the prophets. They have people who preach the gospel, who tell them about God, who tell them who God is, who lay out for them the gospel of Jesus Christ, who lay out that God is the way and the only way. He's got people who teach in the word of God truthfully and unadulterated and with integrity. And if you ain't going to believe them, how you think you're going to believe someone dead? Says, hey. Says, look. You don't have to go to hell. Young children, you don't have to spend eternity separated from God in torment and pain for eternity. You don't have to do that. Older people, you don't have to go to hell. Because God made a way through his son Jesus Christ that you and I may escape, escape the pains and the destruction of hell. And he made it one way, not your way. Not your way. You can't get to God on your terms. I can't get to God on my terms. I can't get there the way I want to get there. He made the way. And John chapter 14, verse 6 says that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one can get to the Father except through him. You can't get to God on your own terms. You got to come the way that he allowed you to come because he is God. And we have a lot of people in church going to be bust hell wide open because you got there on your own terms. But you know that religious little uh, uh, ritual stuff, making people think that you are saved, but you really ain't saved because you're trying to get to hell on your works, heaven on your works, on being out of eye, me and God know this. You ain't God don't know nothing. You only read your Bible. You know, you ain't God ain't like this. God have a standard. And his way is his way, and his way is through Jesus Christ. And that's it. Romans says if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, you shall be saved. There's no other name under heaven that is greater than the name of Jesus Christ. And those who surrender to him shall have everlasting life. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. The only way to heaven is Jesus Christ. But as you reject Jesus Christ as God and the son of God and the one who was crucified, for you and I, you're going to bust hell wide open. And you can believe it or not. Guess what? Paul says, at the end of the day, the blood is off my hands. I preach the word of God. It's your decision to make. 